Hi, this is Jim, and this is Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. And welcome, everybody, to another week of Second Chance, a Moped Podcast. Oh, you know what? I got a confession to make to everyone. Um, last week, I was out of sorts, and possibly the week before, because, like, I got my Rona shot. I got my second shot. And all I have done since then has go to work and sleep, go to work, sleep, go to work, record a podcast, edit it and sleep. Like that's literally all I've done. And like, I've just been goofy, foggy brain ever since then. And I finally feel like I'm kicking out of it the last two to three days. Um, So we're actually going to have Christine back next week because I know there's so we. I do minimal prep for this because I just I love my guests to just kind of go and talk about what they want to talk. And I feel like I cut her off and I asked her, I go, did I cut you off? And she goes, well, no, but I feel like I wanted to get more out. And so we're going to do that. We're going to have uh, we're going to have her back next week. But we're actually in the same household for this episode. But, you know, I still got to talk about me a little bit before we get going to our guest. Um, I fucking love mopeds. Uh, I finally have my brake system completed for my Baker's Dozen build. I've got my rear tire. I'm convinced that um, Jason from Moped Monday fucking jinxed my ass because I haven't. I'm really good at changing tires. Like, that's, I know that's a really fucked up thing to brag about, but like, I can do tires. And I've never, I haven't popped pinch flat as the southerners call it, a tube in I can't tell you how many years. Like, it's decades. And the last two fucking tires I've tried to mount, I've uh, pinch flatted tubes. Like you just hear it go, and you're like, Mup! you just fuck. So thank you very much, Jason. Um, and my own arrogance and whatnot about thinking about how grave a tire mounter I am. Um, yeah, it's getting so it's getting warm out. Uh, I'm getting to ride more and more. So I'm getting happier and happier and getting over I don't know about anybody else, but like, do you ever get in the frame of mind where like, I know what the tune is. I know what the jetting is. I don't need to object. I've, I've been working on myself as we all do in the moped world. Oh, my guest kind of did remind me about something. Just a second. <sighs> there we go. But I can get stuck in a box. Like, I think I know what I'm doing. I think I know what I'm doing. And obviously, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I'm just guessing at this stuff. Like, you know, sometimes it's educated guess. I changed some stuff on just my daily rider. I'm a dork because I always tell people I don't chase speed, but I'll admit it. I'm one of those guys. I love to go fast on a moped. Like, I, I'm i going to do it because my um, guest here is a, a bit of a wrestling fan. I'm going to quote the Macho Man Randy Savage. Because I, I kind of believe this to a point in life. If you're not taking up, if you're not on the edge, you're taking up too much space. And <laughs> I love that line because there's just something that I don't know about anybody else. But once I get to be about 45 on a moped, there's some stupid joy that happens to me. And I just get to feel it. And I did that on Sunday. I changed a few things on my daily rider and it just got stupid faster and I got to ride around, and then I got to take my mommy Gale. That's right. You guys hear me talk about Gale every once in a while. We got to go eat steaks, and I kind of hustled the reser- – They, 
I tried to get reservations and I couldn't get them till like eight o'clock, but I kind of pulled my, you know, charm that I can have sometimes. I told them, I go, I think I have reservations for seven. They're like, no, it looks like late. I'm like, oh gosh. And I go, I'm here with my mom. Everybody's there with their fucking mother at the steakhouse. And like, we ended up getting in 45 minutes earlier. Don't worry. I tipped the waitress and maybe I tried the veal, but I don't know. Um, but I'm rambling now and I'm just so excited because I got a lot of shit done on my Baker's bike. So anytime I get things accomplished, I get all excited. Um, yeah. <laughs> With that being said, I, it's awesome. The people we get to meet and like you hear, usually this works in reverse for me. Like I'll get a guest and then I'll run across some media that they had done and not even like photos, but like they're on some, thing on youtube or then whatever that one thing was that everybody used about five years ago and i saw my guest on a youtube um short about his club he's in now and i'm like hey there's 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 colin and with that i'm gonna let colin introduce himself hello i have no idea what shirt you're talking about uh i'll it's it was the lgn uh out in front of the shop uh i forget what shop you guys were associated with happy something ah, i got nothing maybe i'm wrong maybe it wasn't you and i'm just an asshole but anyways if somebody um, got me <laughs> <laughs> um so colin uh i did i didn't even prep you like usually what we do here is we say your name where you're from what if any club affiliations you have and we start rolling so do you want to tell the second chance uh, audience, who you are and all that good stuff. I am Colin Garbage from Brooklyn, New York. I am currently a member of the Legion Club, uh, previous member of Upjet, and uh, unaffiliated prior to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got some questions. <laughs> I, I, a part of my scatterbrain the last week or so, I fucked up a treats order several times, and we all know how great. Um, Dana, Jack, Clyde, all those guys are. They've got some questions for uh, Legion at the end of this that I have to remember to ask. But here, Colin, on Second Chance Moped Podcast, we go through people's moped journeys. What happened I eat the very first time they ever saw a moped to their smile ride and kind of their journey throughout. Um, so, Colin, let me ask you this. Was your first memory of a moped not necessarily getting on, but like the first time you could understand that's a moped? I I was very late to my understanding of mopeds. It was 2010 when uh, Second Stroke first opened in Brooklyn. I was their upstairs neighbor. Oh. <laughs> I had just gotten my first motorcycle mm -hmm. um, and was very disillusioned by the motorcycle scene. I was like, this is bullshit. This is not what I was expecting. Just now, let me ask you that. this. What kind of motorcycle did you was it anything uh, special or just, you know, Yamaha something or Honda? I mean, something? it was special to me. It yep. was a Honda Shadow 750, and it was like a rare model that had like snake skin on the tank and like a That's flame flame beautiful. snake skin on black. It was pretty badass. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in retrospect, a real stupid first bike because <laughs> it was fucking brand new. And I lived in Brooklyn. I was like, I don't need a car. I'm just going to buy a brand new bike without a garage or a plan. Hey. Um, and then, you know, and then of course, you know, having this big, big ass, uh, 
you know, cruiser style bike, every time I'd try to like meet up with other people to ride or do motorcycle things, I'd get the, it's not a Harley. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of people were still shitting on Hondas. Yeah. Well, they didn't have any taste. What can you say? I'm I'm a Honda yeah. boy. I'm a Honda fanboy from way back. So same. And now I ride Tomoses too. So it's I'm just whatever. I'm glad I'm glad to not be popular. My bike will start. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tomos ain't that bad. Got a, I, I got on, I got on one of the boys Tomos down in uh in South Kick or North Kick at Lackey Hills. It was a fun little ride. One of the boys from Black Pipes. Um, so. You talk about you're living above uh, second stroke. Was that that there? What location was that? That wasn't the last location. It was their. It was their first Brooklyn location. Uh, I prior to that, I understand they just had a Mission Twenty Three clubhouse. Okay. They would like flip and repair bikes, but um, when they got to the, the that location is when they decided they were going to open a legit business because they found. You know, they found this great spot, really, really, really good rent. And, you know, it just happened to be a storefront. They were just looking for a space that happened to be a really good storefront. And they were like, well, frigate, let's roll with it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so it was pretty awesome being there from the beginning. Um, just as like, a, hey, these are my new friends. What are you guys into? Mm-hmm. Um, it was one of the first things they'd started to build out in their basement was uh, soundproof little 10 by 10 soundproof band rehearsal rooms um and i I was like in the immediate need to get a um an ex you know a space for uh, my recording studio because uh my neighbors were not having it (laughs) no and nobody can see this i i'm seeing uh stacks i'm seeing guitars all over in the background this it's fucking yeah yeah you're one of those weird people with you know multiple things in your life i'm just a dork that does mopeds and mopeds but <laughs> um you talk about you're living above and like what do you do do you just kind of go down and start chit-chatting with the guys you're kind of disillusioned with motorcycles like what was your first moped you got on um ooh. i don't remember specifically i know for sure i was getting on bikes and riding them all the time because they you know bikes were coming in and out at the time they had you know they'd been um Tomos dealers the first round mm-hmm. so as a lot of the new Tomoses were coming in all the street mates and revivals and you know the I guess it was at that time the 2009-ish yeah fleet of uh, Tomoses okay so I, don't, I always kind of wondered I, I always kind of wondered what the when the street mates came around because like I don't hate those bikes by any means like I I actually am using their front disc brakes. I'm using their brake setup on my Honda. So like I'm still new to this and I still love to find all this weird information. Um, you talk about you're jumping on all these different bikes. When did the, do you remember the smile ride or was that just kind of. I, um, so prior to my life, prior to even all that was, um, I'm a, like an entertainment electrician I had pretty much stopped touring and moved to Brooklyn and Hmm. was kind of just doing gigs around the city. Um, But I have like a really weird, like renegade electrical knowledge. And that (laughs) was definitely coming in handy (laughs) when these guys are trying to build uh, this storefront and machine shop. So um, we started trading little favors and eventually they all added up to the point where I 
had done enough electrical work for them that they, you know, pointed to the pile of bikes in the back and said, you know, what do you want? What, uh, you know, kind of explain what needed to be done with each bike. And there was, a, uh, you know, laying in the pile was the, one of the original orange laser sport 50, uh, top tank thing was just beaten up it admittedly needed the most work i was told this is the one that needs the full engine rebuild and mm -hmm. uh you know at the time i didn't know what the fuck that meant <laughs> <I'm> an electrician <laughs> like yeah okay cool is that a thing you guys know how to do and they're like yeah we do it all the time so i was like great <laughs> this is the bike then that's funny um, and you know it's sort of you know learned just from watching and being a real pain in the ass fly on the wall constantly anytime somebody wasn't working on something hey come here what is this <laughs> is this in backwards am i doing this right um you know i didn't even i knew that moped army existed but i didn't really consider it a resource because i already had this you know this beautiful shop full of experienced mechanics who were more than willing to answer any question i have and you know they were very patient considering uh I had absolutely no clue what the hell I was getting myself into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, plus, I mean, if, especially if you're, as you would call it a renegade uh, electrician, it sounds like you have at least a little bit of a mechanical background. I mean, like you can understand nuts, bolts, that type of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I used to repair moving lights for yeah. concerts and uh, like, you know, understanding robotics and moving parts and, like I definitely it didn't take me long to figure out what was happening it was just a matter of like what's the right way to actually maintain this thing and as I, anybody who owns and operates a moped knows it's so easy to do things the wrong way and still <laughs> get results yeah, yeah so the biggest benefit was just you know over the course of years 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 just watching watching and learning watching and learning slowly yeah. and that I I love that because like I'll always listen to, I don't care if it's somebody who's like in mopeds 30 days, like I'll listen to hear how they're doing. So, cause like I might learn something from them because mm -hmm. you know, I can, you, I guarantee me now, if I would have met you walking in the door, I would learn from you because you understand wiring. I still fucking don't know what I'm doing with wiring. It's a, lot of, I, it's a skill that has come in handy often i've got my, all of my bikes uh, i've got like working brake lights and blinkers and you, you know all the electronics guy, huh? function uh just you know and it's clean because i know how to it's <laughs> and you know the source of a lot of problems tends to be electrical too on a lot of bikes because it's the hey. last place that people <laughs> people will look uh, a lot of truth in that um so you start working on that laser um what's that you you got such a unique um first year or whatever in mopeds because you're literally living above a moped shop um what did you think of the culture right away like what was riding like in brooklyn because that's such a like i've got a thousand questions and i'm trying to like slow them down in my head to give get them out to you but like first uh, things first what what was the culture like for you i mean it i find i i'm kind of a punk rock old punk rock kid myself like so like it can translate very well. I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of the same people. Not really, but for the most part, yes. I don't know. Like, it's well, some of the same people. The crossovers are really where I, I like. I found most intersections with like the bicycle scene. Okay. Um, you know, in in Brooklyn, in New York City, especially, very strong. A lot of like bicycle clubs. A lot of uh, you know the all of the bike messengers of the city 
you know, they, uh, like almost unions. It's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. But you know that I was very familiar with that scene, and oh, yeah, you know, been riding a bicycle, and like that really is the best preparation in the city for hopping on a moped. You know, converting from bicycle to motorcycle was just kind of a headache. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge second transition. gear stop, second gear stop, second gear stop. You know, it's it just uh, it was really disheartening. I was not having any fun riding. Uh, you know, I, I had more fun riding my bicycle than I did riding my motorcycle around. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, yeah, the, the, a lot of the subculture intersected, uh, okay. specifically at second stroke. Some of the top mechanics there were also in some of the bicycle clubs and there, you know, there were social intersections there. A lot of the people that I'd known from just like this weird punk rock subculture party scene mm-hmm. had also been like, Oh yeah, we also do this weird dirtbag motorcycle thing. And I was like, Oh my God tell me this is real life <laughs> uh, it was exactly what i was looking for right on right on so you're you're oh you, my little experience with you you just kind of melt into the culture you're somebody who i liked right away um and you i don't know that's just my experience with you but like you seem to blend it not blend in but you melt into the culture right away mechanically you you get it um what was what was it like getting that bike together? Like how long did that take you from like pulling it out of the pile to like actually running and getting around Brooklyn? A couple months. Uh, and it was very frustrating. Cause I, you know, I didn't, I wasn't smart. I didn't just like take a stock V one and rebuild a stock V one. I took a stock V one and put a fucking kit on it and of course you know, tried did. to change the, bearings out put a new pipe all, all this talk about you know because like I, the downside of being around all the mechanics is that they're like here's what you should do mm. uh when you know in reality it took years not only for me to really stop listening and really start looking at what what people like what what are the mechanics themselves riding and mm-hmm. and started to pay more attention to what's more reliable <laughs> Because, you know, their mindset and the the mindset that they would kind of tell every new rider is like, how do you get as much power as possible out of the bike? When in reality, I don't want to be in that second gear stop, second gear stop. I don't need a bike that goes 58 miles an hour in Brooklyn. Yeah, I need a I need a bike that'll go 40 and, you know, that I don't need to repair every week. So uh, it took a long time to get that reality. So I did have a bike that would go well into the 50s. (laughs) Uh, and being new, I imagine loud, it broke all the time. Loud as a fucking chainsaw and bright orange, uh, which didn't help keep a low profile. No. Being on the, like every intersection, people are like, wow, what's that? And, you know, you get all the questions. Yeah. Um, you know, it's got the pedals. So at least it was goofy enough that the cops were like, oh, there are you. Yeah. The cops, <laughs> cops have way bigger things to worry about, I imagine. Um, it was it were you chasing speed or were you just wanting to go fast or like, what was your, I wasn't, were you I, just, mean, I was just taking bad advice. I mean, honestly on a stock, you know, if you'd get on the stock <laughs> laser in the condition it was in that bike went 22 and that's if you were like full tuck swinging downhill. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, it wasn't exactly a fast bike to begin with mm-hmm. me. You know, if I could travel back 10 years ago, I would have just been saying, get a stock Tomos idiot, get a stock Tomos idiot. 
like get something to speed that makes more sense when you know the top speed limit in your city is 35 are getting something variated whatever uh, you know even the variated bikes can be a hit or miss you know i've got <laughs> some time on a hobbit moving real slow you know you've got to <laughs> you do have to do some performance enhancement to get to a comfortable spot yeah yeah uh, on most of these bikes you know after, after the v1 i got myself a e50 and was playing around on the pook yep for a minute and that was the same thing stock it was like really fun until you're in traffic and then it's very unfun mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i um was talking i call him hoarder eric because like honestly i've been in the e50 game for a matter of probably three weeks total like i'll buy an e50 i'm like what the fuck am i doing i don't want this <laughs> and like I'll, it'll sit in the corner of my shop and then i'll want to get rid of it and i'll just hit eric up i'm like you want to come buy this from me okay and he'll run up and like we were talking about a couple kids i always talk about is young jake like young jake is full-on in love with mopeds like he's a programmer but like all he wants to do is ride and i love people like that like I have all the time in the world for people who just want to ride and do moped stuff. But like Jake is smart, but like he, sometimes Jake won't listen. And I'm just like, dude, I've been around this shit all my life. You just started turning a wrench last week, like crawl, but he threw a Gila kit right on an E50 and like it'll last for about 50 miles with a kid. Then everything will fall apart. And it's just like, ah, oh, just be patient, be patient. You know, as, as an old man, it's easy to understand why the younger generation would just ignore that advice. Yeah. And I, I know that I'm stronger for the amount of times that I have broken that laser uh, and had to do roadside repair. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just to great success most of the time. You know, a lot of times I just broke and did not want to did not want to start riding again. Yeah. And then. You know, you sit and chase and have a sad time for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> well, I think it's that whole anybody in mopeds has a defiant attitude anyways, for the most part. And we've all been there. Like, I can say that for a fact. Like, I didn't want to listen to anybody. And I just wanted I got a wall of pistons because of that. And, you know, it's allowing myself to crawl before I start sprinting. Um, but back to you what was your first um rally experience like you talk about being in the struggle bus i had a great time in the struggle bus for my first rally because my bike never made it there because i trusted some people to bring my bike down and they got too drunk the night before and flew to the rally instead and i got a loner and i broke it right away but you know what i don't regret that because i got to meet some pretty rad people in that struggle bus i got to be the local rando because oh, okay. Mission 23 held their last uh, two or three rallies uh, in my front fucking door. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the first time the rally had rolled around, you know, I was aware that there were moped clubs and I was aware that the local moped clubs had been, you know, fighting, that there was moped gang rivalries. And I, you know, had a good chuckle about the whole thing, but I didn't really understand the scope of it until, like, in, you know, uh, anyone listening who's ever been to a New York city rally understands there's not like a big spot 
where everyone congregates safely mm -hmm. in like a parking lot it's just the sidewalk yeah so you just come from all sides like the walking dead and you congregate <laughs> on the sidewalk of a business and you wait for them to like entertain you yeah so i you know i came home from work to a couple hundred <laughs> just <laughs> miscreant punks you know it's like you see them all wearing the the clothes you recognize and there's stickers and patches on everything, but you don't recognize any of the names on anything. You're like, what the fuck are these bands? And then you find out it's all different moped clubs. <laughs> you're like, what is this subculture? <laughs> yeah. who? What band is the damn bandits? I just don't understand. <laughs> um. So your first one was literally at your front door. Uh, I kind of... A little bit about me, like Colin, I had not so similar, but kind of similar. Like I had Braptails ride by my front door, more or less. And so I I, can, I totally identify with you on that one. Um, was your, was it at this point, was your laser going or did you even have a moped like your first moped rally experience? I don't think if i had a bike it wasn't running i definitely like went to the bar because they were just going to like the bar in the neighborhood mm -hmm. um but i wasn't i didn't go on the pack ride or anything like that but there was so much just you know how a rally is there's so much just sitting on ass in one place so i did a yeah. lot of that <laughs> uh i really got the experience that time and then the the next year i had my bike and was actually able to participate was that uh what was your first okay what was your first rally experience then? Like on your bike, was that the next year for the mission 23 or? Um, it was either that or peace warriors had a rally in Rhode Island. Um, that I think was, Oh no, wait, no. I think it was in Worcester. I think we actually went to Worcester, <laughs> Massachusetts. <laughs> I think that was my first out of town rally. Who was that? Um, who was that with then? The club would have been Peace Warriors. Peace uh, Warriors. Worcester. Yeah. Um, because I'm still new to the scene, like, were they just a Grom club or were they like, what was a little history about them? Or I'm pretty sure they are. I try not to, and not even that I try. I'm, I'm blissfully ignorant on a lot of uh, moped politics, aside from the ones that I've you know fallen myself face first into <laughs> i try you and me both brother because um i open my mouth and i get myself into trouble good and bad so like i just yeah um i just i i was just trying i've never heard of peace warriors before until you literally said them so like that's why i was wondering um, yeah I, I i don't think that they were ever an, like an official club yeah like, um uh, yeah, yeah no and it's i'm not here to endorse or not endorse or whatever like everybody does their thing and it's fucking rad no matter what um because it's just mopeds people it's just mopeds um so what was that like like the the northeast i have never rode ridden a moped in and like oh my god <laughs> let's let's hear about that and I uh, think the statue of limitations are off by now. We we could do a whole other episode on Northeast rallies because it, yeah, I I just assumed everybody was rallying like like we were, uh, and then once I started to travel outside, especially like getting away from all the Grom clubs and like starting to go to like official rallies and getting more of an idea of like, 
oh, this is more of a car show as opposed to like a fire show. (laughs) (laughs) But holy shit, the North, I've got uh, a strong affection for the Northeast, not not just for our rallies, but also for all of the non-rally like the the Acadia ride is a fucking marvel. The the Moped GP East racing um, is a great, great, great time. And it's like free of all the rally shenanigans and drama. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of non-rally stuff that happens mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, it's it's a very tight. Again, it, t- it took so long not only just for me, but a lot of the, a lot of the same people that were coming up in the scene at, at the same time to like get down with moped army because we had such a strong, like communal thing going on between these five, six different States. And then anytime we get on the internet, it was just this toxic pile of negativity of just like, Oh no, you don't belong here. Whereas like anywhere we went in the Northeast, we weren't getting that vibe at all. Everyone okay. was just like, Oh, Hey, um and i you know i love that i absolutely yeah. love that and i kind of that was one of the big attractions to the scene to begin with was just like this ex- universal acceptance of like you kind of have to prove that you're an asshole before you're treated like one you know yeah, yeah yeah um i've tried a few times but like so far my experience on the east coast has been nothing but like a really great reception um yeah i can't i can't speak enough well things about you know the buzzards and everybody in richmond like yeah yeah i I talk love of the northeast but i also i i definitely include the whole coast going down because uh yeah just a good uh good pack of humans i think it's the (laughs) the salt the salt water yeah yeah that's well and that's the thing about it like i always tell people i'm gonna move and but it's gonna have to be near the ocean because i'm a minnesota kid and we're drawn to the water like Mm -hmm. minnesota people always have to be around some body of water and like i'm a few blocks from the Mississippi. So, and I grew up on a lake, so it is. I, I, it, I'm speaking to you from an Island that I was born on and have lived almost 40 years. Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, I, I, tropical I've been, bird. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I've been out to New York a few times and it was pretty rad. Um, got a different experience than a lot of people did. I should say, but anyways, um, why don't you just, you said there you could do a whole episode about Northeast rallies. What I know every rally is unique to its own, but like, what is a Northeast rally like? Like, whenever I think of a rally in the Midwest or even like the Southeast, like I think of long ass rides, and I'm a huge fan of like, give me ninety miles, give me a hundred miles. Like, I fucking love that shit. I love my ass hurting. I love the vibrant, like my teeth are chattering like i dig all that and like the rally pack is what it is and like the prizes are what they are but like i love the riding i love to see the scenery what what's a major city like new york rally like uh it gets kind of zany uh, i mean it you know, or new philly york, or whatever philly or boston or any of the like anywhere that we're used to not being able to do a long ride in a straight line um, you know, usually the rides are long because it just takes a long fucking time to get, you know, four miles. Um, and they're also <laughs> like strangely more exhausting than, um, you know, than doing like an 80 mile long haul somewhere nice. 
yeah. you know, we, we end up spending 45 minutes just going from one end of Manhattan to the other. And it's just like, holy shit, is everybody still alive? No, six people broke down and we can't get them with a chase because we're in Midtown. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just a fiasco. But the shenanigans outside of the riding uh, just become exponentially better i think because of that because uh, especially like a lot of the good rally experiences i've had are when when the club will get out of the city and we'll go and we'll camp somewhere uh and then you get a bunch of city kids who are out in the country like kind of trying to plan a long ride on a road that they are not familiar with so it's like a whole other level of like well fuck it we might make it <laughs> um which i yeah i love all that it uh it, it kind of it's got a lot more spontaneity to it yeah yeah certainly um, more risk <laughs> it's i can say that new york for anybody who's listening to this who's never been to new york that new york minute shit is real like i remember my ex-wife is from queens originally uh jamaica she grew up uh, like right off jamaica avenue and that'll mean something to you and anybody in the northeast um and we we're staying on Last time we were there, it was just east of Manhattan and um, Long Island City was where we were staying. Like, it felt in Minnesota time, it felt like a 15 minute car ride. In New York time, it was an hour and a half. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Like, (laughs) so yeah, that whole traffic thing and like whole new experience um, are that whole different level of riding. I can totally understand and hear where you're coming from on that. So let me ask you this. Um, when it comes to rallies and stuff like that, what's some of the more awkward or not awkward, but like unique prizes you've seen at um, rallies in the Northeast? I mean, we all saw the Super Pook on Pete's channel, but like other than that, like have you ever seen like some really wild shit? Like every rally has like, I know Jack out at Two Smokes, they gave some freaking huge like – animal antler thing as a rally pack pride or like as a drawing which i thought was fucking awesome but like what's some of the weird shit you've seen given away at rallies in the northeast oh man uh upjet i think in the 2018 upjet rally they gave away it was uh like one of those 25 cent ride like supermarket ride (laughs) (laughs) motorcycle i I can't remember if it was a suzuki or a Kawasaki, but it was like a, you know, like a street yeah. bike. Uh, and that was, that was one of the raffle bikes. And then the other <laughs> one was like a double welded tall bike, impossible yeah. to ride monstrosity. <laughs> that um, just like I, my asshole puckered just watching that video. <laughs> like, I'm like, no, fu- no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. There were some bad crimes, especially in like the, early years and it wasn't just up yet a lot of the northeast was guilty on this of so just like we saw and you know in the midwest like some of the most beautiful beautiful bikes were coming out as, as raffle bikes mm-hmm. and it's just like beautiful builds and like a lot of money and a lot of time uh, and and yeah i guess <laughs> <laughs> we're paying such high rents over here in the northeast we don't have either yeah so we were just ragtagging the whatever shit we could find in the garage weld it together and make it run (laughs) (laughs) that's beautiful um you talk about upjet and you've been around the scene for a long time you say like 
what was your first experience about prospecting or getting into a moped club? Like, I always find that fascinating. Like, I am a socially awkward person. And like, I'm always been that way my entire life. And like, so for me to ever be a club person has always been hard. Like I've, everything I've ever done has been just stupidly independent. Like, and I think clubs are awesome and they are rad. And I try to help out as many as I can whenever I can. Like, do you kind of want to talk about your experience the first time, like even joining a club or being a part of, and which one was that? Um. Yeah, sure. The, I mean, I first became aware of clubs through, uh, you know, the second stroke guys, most of them were mission 23 members. Um, and at the time mission 23 was approaching retirement and they were the last, you know, moped army official club in New York city. So a lot of the, a lot of the hangarounds and the vagrants <laughs> started, um, started kind of ribbing moped army and coming up with fake gangs. <laughs> um, like the rebel rousers. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, that, that happened to them the first year they tried to apply. Like, I guess Simon thought they were a fake gang. That's awesome. We, uh, we, we had been making stupid videos. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of started making what has now become the upjet videos um the first one we made was moped uh was a reliable nicks moped emporium and then the <laughs> second video we made was just for a fake product that we called upjet um and we did the infomercial for upjet uh, and it was just like a stupid bullshit thing we did ha 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 yep fast forward to moped army gang submission time <laughs> and some of the yucksters uh decided to put together a roster of just about everybody that hung around second stroke and apply to moped army as upjet as, you know, <laughs> as, as here we are upjet the club yep. so we go through the application process and it was you know literally they anybody who they knew they just put their email on the list so everybody whether or not you realized you were in upjet <laughs> suddenly <laughs> we had 16 people who were like okay we're in this club and we're going for like moped arm and at, for many of us it was the first time that we were like okay let's check out what this moped army thing is about mm-hmm. and there could not have been a worse way to <laughs> welcome <laughs> all of these new riders uh than than going through the like moped army uh you know i didn't even know the initiation process the trial whatever the fuck um you know just watching all of these strangers shit all over us and our subculture and it's like really we're just like a dozen goofy kids who are making stupid movies and riding our mopeds around like we are not on the forums we're not you know there there were a handful of people that were mission 23 members but none of the ones that were really like shaking the cages nobody was trying to i don't even know we were just it was like half bullshit, but it, the way that the scene responded to it, it almost like inspired us to be like, oh, fuck you. Now we have to. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then like a meeting was called. Everybody got together. It was like, well, we're a fucking club now. And then we, we voted on, we voted on, uh, you know, ranked positions. And before you knew it, Upjet was born, <laughs> um, you know, sprang up from a friggin' joke. Yeah. Uh, which is, and it was just a beautiful, it really set the tone 
beautifully for, you know, you want to talk about the NWO of fucking mopeds. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that makes me so happy. Like anytime somebody can work in a wrestling comment. So everybody, I'm going to confess because you know how I love my confessionals and moped podcasts. Um, I had to go to the bathroom, so I kind of forgot where we're at right now. Five minutes later, we were talking about the Upjet first meeting and kind of did it applied to be MA official as a joke. And then it got serious. And um, how was your, how was that process for you as like kind of a punk rock kid yourself? Uh, I mean, I thought it was stupid as shit. Just the idea of like forming a club and then immediately asking for acceptance. I mean, I completely understood the point of view of Moped Army being like, we don't know who you are. But there was also a lot of just like really just dumb, hateful shit that they were saying that was like, all right, this is really stupid. But the takeaway was, we don't know who you are. And it kind of made a fun goal that we set, uh, you know, spe- specifically that year, the year, then the years following, we're like, let's get to every rally that we can. Like, if it's not all of us, let's get as many of us to every rally as we can. And, uh, you know, it kind of started causing all these weird diplomatic missions where we people are going to California and going more to the Midwest and like kind of getting out of our comfortable Northeast pocket and like really yep. getting to know a lot more people. Yeah. yeah. And I, I personally, me as just me being me, like I dig that shit. I love getting out. I mean, getting out of that pocket. Oh, and there's a goddamn cat. I love cats. So whatever. Um, that's rad. Ooh, everybody heard that little purr. I think that's a first year on Second Chance Moped Podcast. Um, the, I'm still waiting for Ashley from Richmond to start her new podcast, Four Paws, a cat chat. So Ooh. I'm telling you, Ashley, you got to make it happen. Um, Ashley and Heat and the Lady Kings can have that. Uh, but so, and I go back and forth all the time, even though I'm a nobody. Like, I, I think overall Moped Army is probably a good thing. And it helps us all unite in one way or another. Um, but yeah, so you talk about your first up jet meeting and like um, getting out. What were some of the meet, some of the rallies you got out to, or were you part of that diplomatic mission? Oh man, uh, you know what? I'd probably have to go to my website to see. <laughs> <laughs> What rallies I was going to at that era. I was going to pull up, and for those who don't know, like Colin does beautiful photography. Um, somehow, like, I'm on a few of the – I felt pretty cool when I saw you get, captured me a few times for Moped Spring Break. Um, trying to, What is your – for everybody out there in the world, I'm trying to keep the noise going. What is your website name again? It's colincolford.com. Um, or you can find me at uh, Colin Garbage on Instagram, and uh, there's links on my profile there. His uh, Colin Garbage is a great follow, and anytime he goes to a moped rally, he does. He's got the camera out, and he's popping, and it's great. Um, I still love that picture of the cop you got with, as I dubbed him, one of the most punchable faces I've ever seen. Um, so, your Colin's looking right now. It's a beautiful cop. Yeah, yeah. Uh, powerful God. mustache. There was such a, a great uh a great the great photo of the cop that was framed over 
Frankie Starr's power trip jacket. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh. All right, Kat, you got to go. Um, so to answer your question a bunch, I went to a, a lot of rallies. Um, you know, I tried to photograph. <laughs> There's a, a real long, I've got a long, long, long history of accidentally not photographing Legion rallies or Philly, anything that happens in Philly, really. Um, <laughs> it's just like the mark, the true mark that I'm having way too much fun. Oh, okay. Is when I, when I've only popped off like three photographs <laughs> and I'm <laughs> just too engaged. Cause you know, normally what'll happen is it'll be that, like you say hello to everybody, you're standing in the parking lot and then that's when the boredom sets in. That's <laughs> yeah. when I'll start that's when I'll start popping off the snaps. Um what made you have you always been a photographer or like what was like what made you decide to start bringing cameras to rallies cuz like now everybody's got their phone and they're snapping and I'm guilty as anybody else like um what made you decide to do that? I I mean I've always been a photographer, videographer um hanging around second stroke not only were we doing the stupid videos like usually the stupid videos would happen because i was just hanging around with my camera taking photos of the guys you know fixing bikes restoring bikes i have terabytes of photos of <laughs> just working in the shop um and you know sort of started to bring that vibe onto rallies but in the beginning wasn't really um yeah i had a hard time mostly because i was still using like a big full-size canon dslr mm -hmm. um and i noticed that anytime you bust out this honking freaking canon literal canon of a camera um people take notice and whatever yeah. shenanigan that was happening is either stopped happening by the time you get the thing out of the bag or suddenly becomes opposed thing and uh and you know i've been on the other side of that my whole life if anytime someone busts a camera out i, I want to be invisible <laughs> like, get mm -hmm. that fucking thing away from me right now especially when you know you know when you're at a rally it's arguably a safe place for scumbaggery <laughs> yes um, and you know the kind of in the same vibe kind of when people are you know get the cell phones out it's really hard to stay you know to stay within the the moment and also have this like you know online communication device beaming in your hand um so i started just grabbing my smallest shittiest camera i put a almost disposable lens on the thing and i thought you know if, if this is the rig i crash on it is the least amount of uh loss for me mm -hmm. um and my photography got better for it. It um, it really enabled me to stay unplugged at rallies, which is my favorite thing. I'll usually keep my phone locked in the car the entire awesome. weekend. Um, most of the time I'm shooting, nobody has a clue they're being photographed. Um, not in like a creepy way, but in like a no you know, trying to trying to capture moments without without interrupting the moment. And you know, a lot of that comes from being involved in the moment too. It's it's really funny. It's like I'll go through and look at all of these photos in retrospect of things that happened five, seven years ago and laugh and like all these memories of these things happening and I'm right there, but at no point am I there in the photo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like everything's just kind of from my weird perspective, which trips me out a lot. Um, 
but it's you know it's fun i've just kind of accidentally became an like an archivist yeah you did um you did an amazing job like i really hadn't i you got me tripped up looking at moped spring break um like i honestly i i i'm posed once and i you can tell i'm tired because my concussion eye is kind of getting <laughs> <laughs> my sean michaels eye as he called it the other week um that's going goofy um but yeah dude you, you do a really amazing job with your photography and anybody i'm i got a bookmark now i got to buy a couple of those photos because colin you know he's an artist and artists never get fucking paid enough so help him out buy it buy his shit go to colingarbage.com is that correct yeah i'm not even okay. sure i get paid from that though I, i'm oh. pretty sure i've got it set to uh you guys are just paying cost if you're getting prints oh well that's so you're helping me by you. getting my art out in the world yeah, yeah. Uh, i think gail is gonna get a photo of me uh with my beard because she loved it so much my mom every time she saw me with it, like i recently shaved my beard everyone because i fucked up trimming it uh -oh. but um she would tell me every time i'd see are you gonna cut that yet and no no i wasn't until i fucked it up because i may have caught it fire but um with your you're part of upjet um do you want to talk about like deciding to leave like I, i'm just wondering how this transition is from upjet to legion um lee and i that yeah i got uh, i got some questions to ask you later about that about legion but you know we'll save those to the end yeah i mean there was a significant gap in between and you know the golden ages of upjet were really the the years in between that um where we were trying so hard to like be that model gang <laughs> that moped army wanted us to be but also didn't want their acceptance while we were doing it <laughs> which was also <laughs> kind of fun um but you know like at you know i i was one of one of three people we we, we voted um at that you know at the first meeting it was voted that we were have a three-way captainship so I was one of the original captains um, and had always maintained a position of either captain or vice or co or whatever um, throughout the whole thing. And just kind of as, as more of the founding members left, um, it kind of put me in more of a, you know, patriarchal role. Um, and honestly, I just, I didn't really want to be in, you know, coming from that, I don't want to take this too seriously mm -hmm. angle of like, you know, the only rules that there is no rules kind of yeah, yeah. mentality. Like it just, you know, it's, it's hard to be the captain of a ship that doesn't have any rules. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I, I really, I, you know, I got burned out. Um, you know, I'm sure there was a thousand things happening outside of the moped scene that also affected that decision. But um, ultimately I just decided I didn't really want to, be in a position in a gang where I was, you know, one of the few standing founding members that left and that, that some, you know, everybody was going to look to for guidance when really my only guidance was fuck around and have fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, at a time when, you know, they were getting taken a lot more seriously. And, um, yeah, I just, it was just time to retire out. And I was, I was part of many, many members of the club that had retired out at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talk about 
being in the in the club and you say there's a gap there like what what's can you name a couple of your favorite rallies you've been to because like i i think some of us like i got to like hit a year of rallies and then 2020 happened and then like fucking shut the world down and i got out and played like and now i'm getting really excited to go to definitely contact moped party pizza on facebook about a ride that is happening in kansas city over memorial weekend that is all i can say and that is all i will say um that and um the bait and the bakers doesn't like what are some of your more favorite rallies you've been to i mean you can't count legions because people almost die there but um, yeah i mean i was one of my favorite you know honestly one of my favorite rally experiences was a legion rally prior <laughs> prior to me becoming a member uh i'll just give you the bullet points because it's fun i got trapped in a cave <laughs> <laughs> and had to be had to be rescued by some kind honduran teenagers um and i also definitely witnessed no less than like eight crashes uh just on the ride there oh god it's like you know that that moment right when the you know the pack is all lined up and they're about to leave the safe place and go out into the world and the sky just opened up and it's the kind of rain you can't even see straight in where everybody's yeah. thinking the same thing of like well fuck it let's park and start drinking yeah and then we go the ride just goes anyway <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah the uh, legion's reputation of uh trying to kill the entire rally <laughs> far precedes my membership but holy shit uh it was a that that uh, that does bring me up i gotta (laughs) i gotta ask everything um because of my fucking airheadedness i never take questions i really don't i think i've taken them once uh clyde i believe it yeah, yeah at uh treatland asked um why how is legion so rad that he's got two questions All right. Um, it's definitely something in the water in Philadelphia uh, and the vibe of Philadelphia. If if you have, I assume, have you not been to a... No, okay. and that's... I'm going to have to definitely... I've never been in Philadelphia. I've driven by. Um, I've got to. Like, I've got to go. Yeah, it's yeah. it's changed the, the past couple years as the you know, as, as specifically the neighborhood that, um, that honest Bob's is in has gotten more uh, gentrified, but the, the police used to take a very strong, we don't care. Uh, and you know, they would drive by all day, not turn ahead. The only time I'd ever seen a cop stop, he'd come out to try and ride one of the bikes and was just like riding a moped back and forth, smiling. I probably have photos of it somewhere. <laughs> um, uh, it really helps that the police are, understand that there's like a line between good clean fun and dangerous fun and uh, generally let let them operate there uh they're also you know legion's a very high profile club um to the point where like they're not afraid to engage um the community and Mm kind of like they're not afraid to be known but also they know that they're seen so it's uh you know, everyone's mostly on their best behavior, which is surprising for <laughs> some of the most <laughs> raucous party animals 
uh, in the scene. Um, the second question from Clyde at Treatland, um, how do they plan to kill us all at the next rally? You know, there's been drownings, there's been the spaghetti. Um, do you got a clue? Do you got any inside information how Legion's plan is for mass uh, murder for the next rally? Unfortunately, I can't divulge. Okay. Uh, I can promise that there won't be any specific target. As always, it's a broad net. Uh, you know, come on down, member or not, you uh, you will be challenged. Okay. Um, my question is, what's up with the black buffalo? Black buffalo. Legion of the Black Buffalo. Um, I am not at liberty okay. to discuss the Black Buffalo. Okay. Because, I mean, I'm a Midwest kid. I've seen a lot of buffalo in my life. Um, actually, I haven't. I've seen a good chunk when I've been out to South Dakota. And not even, like, I'm damn near in the next state over, Wyoming, Montana, whatever state it is next, because you have to travel 12 hours in South Dakota to get to the Black Hills from minnesota i just want to point that out ptsd is kicking in as it, like <laughs> um other than the legion rallies like what are some of your like like kick-ass fun memories from like other rallies out there in the world i've always had a good time doing the ride and chatter with the rousers mm-hmm Thomas um, and Ashley are usually fucking it's genuine people. Cold as all balls, <laughs> but it's a really it's like a, it's almost like the the polar bear swim, the annual mm-hmm. like let's see who's who's actually got it. You know, can your bike survive after being garaged? If you know if if you didn't just ride it all winter. Yeah, yeah, and that's cute when they say winter in Virginia. Like I hear 40, 50 degrees. And it's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I generally ride year round up here too, and it's you know when I'm, you know it's twenty to negative ten. <laughs> so. I only missed maybe forty five days of riding this year because like I rode in December and I didn't January, and I think I snuck out in February. So like, um, young Jake though, the one who I talked about earlier in the episode, he rode every month this year, and that's fucking big props on young Jake. Um. I am thinking here, what are your West Coast experiences in Moped? Have you had any or Midwest or? Not really any. I mean, I've been dying to do West Coast Moped things, but it's like, it's like my favorite things combined with my least favorite things, like (laughs) uh, needing money and not having money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, anywhere I can get within reason uh, with my van, I will, <laughs> I will load it full of mopeds and try to get to. Um, yeah, I've been down to New Orleans, I think, three times in it. Uh, got out to uh, Chicago Rally, which I think might have been the last Hot and Ready's rally. I don't know. I remember that one being a big let's go hang out with the Moped Army official kids and try not to seem like losers and then immediately get treated like a bunch of losers. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I'll just... So, before the world was shut down in 2020, 
Um, what were your moped plans? Like, did you have anything you were looking to do? Like, and I know, uh, we talked about it a little bit last week. Um, have you done Baker's dozen or pinball or anything like that in the past? I did a small section of it in 2019, but not as a participant, just as a hang around. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, you I know, joined him for like the last leg because it was all up in the northeast. So it was an, an easy one to hop on. Uh, but it was always like up until the tragedy of the past year, I'd always yeah. worked full time. Um, and, you know, I, I'd been kind of lucky considering I, I've been always doing show business work, but I'd found a job that was a nine to five Monday through Friday and then weekends off. So I was like, fuck, I can go wow. to rallies and like still do stuff I do. So for the bulk of my experience in mopeds, I never really got to do any of the cool extracurricular stuff outside of the weekends because it was uh, socially prohibitive. My, my, my job I worked 10 fucking years at would only give me 10 days off vacation. Ooh, that's rough. Yeah. That's definitely rough. Um, I keep on pausing because i'm thinking and then i think and then i pause um <laughs> what are your what's 2021 shaping up for you to be like um yeah have you kind of put i know everybody the world's kind of opening back up that was rad to meet you down in um north carolina uh, and hopefully maybe you can get down to richmond for the end of the pinball that'd be rad to see you guys you and christine at uh ashley and tom at, Thomas and Ashley are Ashley and Thomas's household depends who yes this week. Um, what, what are your 2021 plans? Are you just kind of chilling, staying home, riding around the, the borough? Uh, well, the Acadia ride is, uh, next weekend or in two weeks. It's coming up soon. And that's the, uh, that was the big loss of 2020 was not doing that. Cause that is quickly becoming my favorite time. What is that ride I, for the ignorant kid in the Midwest who's never heard of it until 45 minutes ago? Uh, it's an invite only. Um, is that uh, like the East Coast, uh, just the tip, if you will? Where like, we do, we everybody do like, knows about it, but nobody knows about it. But then you got to get invited and it might. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's lasted as long as it has by not being a full on rally. Because it's, it's mm -hmm. a, a situation where you're around a lot of normies. A lot of families and uh you know how it is we got to be on our best 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 behavior it's definitely one of the i mean it, it the old timers like us absolutely love it because it's it's way more relaxed there's mm -hmm. like a definitive stop making fucking noise at a certain time <laughs> it's you know some real camping and you know up in up in maine it's just some of the most beautiful scenery and riding that you can do it, you know it, it's tradition to ride a moped up a mountain <laughs> Yep. every year uh and it is struggle every year <laughs> to do it but goddamn is it fun yeah that's you uh know, ride mopeds eat lobster dude yeah that was i didn't get, i don't know how i screwed up every time i'm out on the east coast i never eat freaking lobster out there kind of pissed at myself um so a few quick questions before we wrap this up this week uh what's the dumbest thing you've ever done in mopeds Ooh, 
I... And you can have fun with it. I don't care. Like it's you know not meant to be too serious. The first thing that comes to mind, and I should I should get it just for your benefit to show it to you, but I I had a an E fifty that I put a kid on and didn't you know definitely did not break the kid in properly and was probably wide open throttle <laughs> going down a main drag in Brooklyn when I hard seized the rear rear wheel locks up i surf the bike to a stop uh you know just amazed i actually stayed upright pull over and i go to inspect what happened and uh the the conrod snapped and actually came up through the engine case that's beautiful it is it's a work of art the engine is sitting over here on a shelf i'll grab it for you but it is it is an absolute work of art probably I mean, it's it's a, a simple, stupid thing, but had the most catastrophic side effects. I mean, that engine is completely fucked. <laughs> you know, I love complete disasters. You know, if I'm going to destroy something, I want, like, pure carnage. You know, none of this, like, little soft seas where I can still sand the piston. I want the whole fucking case. I want it all gone. Yeah, this is a good one. The, the piston is uh, completely, like, 90 degrees sideways of where it's supposed to be. Oh, that's beautiful. And just stuck, stuck on in there. Yeah. That uh, kit barely got to barely got to move. <laughs> <laughs> um for me, I I get some shit about this, but I don't care. I I I finally figured it out a while ago. I I call it like touching the sky. Um where you're just bl- and I don't know how this would happen in Brooklyn, but like for me in the Midwest and like I get on my bike. I just start riding around St. Paul because we all know the right side of the river is the best side of the river. And I just get cruising and I'm just ripping about 45 and like this sense of bliss and happiness comes over me. Um, I just, that's the closest thing I can get is just touching the sky. Um, Does that happen a lot in New York? Like I have to get out. Like I've, I've had the offer given to me. Like anytime I want to fly out to New York, I've got loaners available to me. Like I'm gonna do it one of these days, but like I'm going broke, fucking trying to put my pinball bike together. <laughs> um, but like, what what's that experience like for you? Like on a day, what's your daily moped experience like, anyways? Uh, I mean, w- when I was employed, I I was I was I wasn't in one location. I was kind of bouncing between multiple job sites a day mm-hmm. on the moped. So my experience was kind of like two-sided it was awesome because i was you know ignoring the subway ignoring buses and definitely not driving a car in manhattan but using the moped to zip around all over the city constantly above ground constantly seeing just the wackiest shit happen all the time and the never-ending evolution and weirdness that is new york city um so like my day-to-day ride was so weird and unique and could, you know, and I never knew where it was going to take me to. So some days I'd be, you know, just kind of going a couple blocks or other days I'd be going to completely different parts of the city. Uh, so it was long rides, short rides, but it really gave me almost like a taxi cab driver's understanding of the roads and what they did at certain times of the day. And like, mm-hmm. I really was able to navigate around traffic patterns to the point where I was get, probably getting into that head in the cloud zone of just like being so in sync with the rhythms of the city. Cause I was just doing it every day, like a bus driver. Um, but it, you know, it wasn't hard then to get in that zone. Cause it's just like the ultimate cool down from any situation. It's just go for a ride. 
Yeah. Um, I would love any time I'd be somewhere so late that it was after traffic because New York City becomes a paradise when the people that commute into here for work leave because mm -hmm. most of the people that live here don't have cars <laughs> so the streets just become empty and like you know you probably already know we've got all the timed lights and the grids and mm -hmm. when there's no cars in front of you you can just sit you know mid throttle going 30 miles an hour and catch every light in front of you and just dude i swear know, that happened to me like up. when i first time i ever went to new york we got in at about 2 30 in the morning and we i hit the wrong I hit the wrong exit. I'm going down to like through Times Square. I'm like, Midwest kid. I grew up in the town of 1500, Colin. And like, I'm like, dude, New York's not that bad to drive in. You know, at two in the morning, it's, it's lovely. It's, you know, some of my favorite local pack rides. Actually, even we, if you go back to those first Mission 23 rallies, we uh, always had a tradition uh, to do a midnight ride. Mm -hmm. You know, and like the Friday or Saturday night, everyone was lit up as a motherfucker. It was a bad <laughs> idea. Loose but is fast. It would always be like, you know, instead of the 80, 80 of pack that would ride during the day, it would just be like 12 people. And it would be people that knew had a lane split and cut traffic and like knew which lights were optional, you know. And like, <laughs> even though they were out of town, they knew how to ride in the city. You get it? Mm -hmm. So like, those rides were always the best because you'd be riding with people from out of town who rode exactly like we did in the city mm -hmm. and they wouldn't like slow us down. And then we could like, you know, we could disappear for a half hour, <laughs> go, go over three bridges, donuts around central park, go down to battery park, look at the statue of Liberty, take some pictures, grab a hot dog, come back to the bar. No one even knows we left. Yeah, dude, th those are, those are some of the great ones. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Now you got me just think about New York and like my little experience there and how I got to fucking get out there on a moped, dude. Like, like, yeah, it's a great, great city for moped. Uh, especially now there's been a, a boom of the e-bikes and they've been cracking down on cars a lot the past few years and they're introducing new taxes. So it's, uh, it's becoming economically beneficial for people to have smaller bikes. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're popping up and, you know, as, as a world traveler prior to this, I've always kind of been waiting for New York city to catch up with like Barcelona or like <laughs> some of the other large cities in the world that have the same populations, but like everyone's on a scooter, Yeah, <laughs> everyone's on a motorcycle. They're not like bringing 52 foot trailers through Manhattan. <laughs> everything is downscaled properly. It's just like more efficient. So, uh, you know, seeing, that efficiency collide with something I also just really like to do is like, Oh, this is fun. Every, everybody wins now because there's less cars. There's more awareness. I'm less likely to get hit by a fucking door. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. That's a real thing. Like I can't, that's, that's another, yeah. New York thing that we don't necessarily have to worry about in St. Paul or Minneapolis. Cause like <laughs> the cars are grand. We have traffic, but not nothing like New York traffic. I will definitely say that. Um, it's uh it's vibrant <laughs> it's vibrant i love it um i can't thank you enough for coming on dude and like coming sharing a bit of your moped story i know there's uh we could probably like i said we could probably do a whole another podcast about uh northeast rallies and maybe we'll have to do that sometime um as i always reach out to my guests and let them know anytime you find yourself in Minnesota or Midwest, you always have a place to stay in my house. I'll throw you come out to Minnesota, I'll throw you on a dirty hobbit. We'll get a we'll get riding around, Colin. Um 
I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. And don't forget, my guy, mopeds are dumb. It's so stupid. All right. <laughs> why we'll why do we later. do this? <laughs> <laughs> bye bye.